0: One of the most important issues that we all deal with, and on a regular basis, and we cover on this program, is healthcare. There's never a shortage of opinion, never a shortage of concern, never a shortage of stories that deal with healthcare. Now, on this past Monday, Canada's premiers called for new and sustainable healthcare funding, a new partnership with the federal government through the Canada Health Transfer Meanwhile, the Canadian Medical Association, and we speak with the presidents of the CMA quite regularly on this program, the Canadian Medical Association has alerted, and they did this a little earlier this year, critical family physician shortage must be addressed. We have a population of about 38 million people in this country, and some 4.8 million Canadians have no family doctor. That's a big number. And with the family physicians, that's the first chain, the first link in the healthcare chain. If you don't have a family doctor, where do you go? Walk in clinics, emergency rooms. If you go to an ER at a hospital, that puts more strain on the healthcare system. Dr. Lawrence Lowe is the president of the College of Family Physicians of Canada. And Dr. Lowe joins us on the Roy Green Show. Dr. Lowe, how are you?
1: Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, I always ask doctors how they are.
1: Oh, well, <laughs> I imagine you ask most of your guests how they're doing. Yeah,
0: well, nobody ever asks a doctor, so I try to make it a point to do that. Well, so, uh, I just it. said, yeah. What I just said, Doctor Lowe, is the family physician is essentially the first building block of healthcare. Um, a patient consulting with a family physician is heavily compromised in Canada. When they don't have a family doctor, CMA data showing some 4.8 million Canadians have no family doctor, and as I said before, perhaps walk to a walk-in clinic or a hospital emergency room. Would you just put this into perspective with us, just an overall perspective before we get down to nuts and bolts of 4.8 million people in this country having no family doctor?
1: Yeah, and so the challenge becomes when you have that many people uh, who don't have access to a family doctor, uh, you have uh, individuals who need to have more episodic care, one-off care, uh, sometimes with providers who don't fully know or understand their medical history, who don't fully understand the complexity they may be dealing with. Uh, This leads to duplication, this leads to potentially ineffective treatments or even treatments that may not necessarily be uh, salient uh, or optimal uh, for for what actually presents at the time. the important thing about family medicine as a building block, especially a family doctor who uh, has the opportunity to get to know you uh, through your life course, uh, through uh, the duration of all your all the various medical conditions you may face, is that they're able to much more quickly figure out what's wrong and how it all fits into your specific context as a patient.
0: So I tweeted out earlier today that we were going to be speaking with you, and there was a response on Twitter, at the Roy Green Show, and I received a number of emails, and the bottom line of the emails I received was this. Why is there a family doctor shortage in Canada? Dr. Lowe, why is there?
1: Well, I think we're seeing the end result of decades of uh, of Underinvestment and underresourcing in uh, the primary care sector, uh, in addition to uh, the transition out of the acute phase of the COVID nineteen pandemic, and I think what you're seeing is that family doctors have uh, held the line uh, for uh, for quite a long time, uh, with the, without an increase in remuneration, uh, without uh, increased assistance in terms of administrative supports, and with increasing uh, complexity uh, and burdens of care, especially now in the in the post pandemic period, where many patients are presenting not only with their, you know, run of the mill uh, chronic conditions or medical conditions, but also a lot of mental health, a lot of healing, a lot of trauma uh, from the last two years that is now on top of uh, on top of everything else that they're dealing with. And so uh, family doctors have held the line for a long time, but they're, they're burnt out. Uh, they're not necessarily well supported um, and, uh, and, and really have also uh, gone through quite a traumatic time in the last few years as well.
0: I understand as well that the mean age for family physicians in this country is 49. Is that a concern?
1: It absolutely is a concern and I think uh, related to that uh, it, it's it's a concern from two in two ways. Many of the more experienced older family physicians uh, are, you know, when, when they get tired of, of the ongoing treadmill, what what happens is they end up basically just deciding to retire um, and off they go, uh, you know, and the, the challenge becomes then those patients are now without a family doctor. Um, that actually presents more significant burdens for those who are just starting out in practice or in their mid-practice or basically trying to, uh, trying to continue uh, but also facing significant pressures in addition to, uh, you'll have to remember, many of these... Uh, People in earlier in their career are graduating with uh, you know un, uh, you know never before seen levels of educational debt related to increases in medical tuition, et cetera over the last little while. So it's really a significant burden all across the system, and it's why there really needs to be a look at uh, how you get some additional uh, uh, measures in place right now to help retain the family physicians that we already have in the system while also building out the pipeline to, to train more in the, in the, get, in the long run.
0: Is it fair to suggest that being a family doctor is the perhaps most complex, the most demanding part of medicine of being a physician, i'm I'm just thinking about the multifaceted nature of the job, medical records and medical forms constantly, coordinating patient care across numerous healthcare care realities. Um, it, there's always something that's going on in a family doctor's life. It, I don't think it it ends when office hours ends. what What has to be done then? What's your suggestion, what does the uh, the college believe has to be done? What are the potential solutions to the family doctor shortage?
1: Well I think there, I think you 're absolutely right, and every every specialty has its uh, its unique complexities and challenges, but there is no doubt that the family practice environment has become uh, immensely challenging in the last little while. Uh, what needs to be done uh, is really twofold first of all, we need to look at augmenting the training pipeline uh, in terms of trying to uh, figure out how we essentially graduate more fam- family physicians in the long run, especially to deal with our aging population here in Canada. But you can't just do that without necessarily fixing the practice environment that people are in right now. And so I think there needs to be, the college has been calling for things such as, uh, you know, the creation of an administrative support fund to provide immediate administrative relief for all those forms, for all those uh, things that aren't necessarily direct care, the things that family doctors are are trained and uniquely trained to do and taking care of complex clinical situations. So funding administrative supports uh, right now, funding administrative supports within uh, Team-based models to take a lot of the pressure uh, and burden off of family doctors, so that they can focus on caring for their patients in the best way they can. Uh, certainly, for the new graduates, as I talked about, new graduates are starting out in practice. Uh, debt relief from educational debt, etc. Uh, you know, assistance with people who are willing to start up and, and maintain comprehensive family practices, and then of course, you know, a mental health and relief and supports fund as well for family physicians, just so that they're also being taken care of as they take care of other people. These are some of the things that the college has has been advancing over the last year.
0: One more question for you. We speak, as I mentioned earlier, quite regularly with the presidents of the Canadian Medical Association and we talk about the difficulties that the challenges, the crisis really, within healthcare in this country, hundreds of thousands of surgeries delayed largely because of the issues of the pandemic, but they were there before. Um, illnesses not being diagnosed, illnesses like cancer and and heart disease not being diagnosed. From the family physician's perspective, what needs to be addressed, first of all? We understand the funding model, that's brought up quite regularly, and I, I don't discount that. But what, from your perspective, needs to be addressed right away as far as providing appropriate, reliable, dependable healthcare to Canadians is concerned?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the reality is the backlog from the pandemic is significant, uh, and that would have happened regardless of whether measures were taken in the past or not. But that, that backlog uh, is something that was, was just natural out of a, out of a healthcare crisis. The best thing to do while trying to tackle the backlog within the acute care system though, is to make sure that the work of family doctors and also partners in public health out in the community are supported because you don't want to add to that backlog. So you really want to try to be in the community, uh, allowing people to access their primary care uh, physician, their family practices, uh, you know, having public health create the healthy context and conditions so that we can actually forestall a lot more illnesses, keep it out in the community, uh, you know, an ounce of prevention of pound of cure uh, before it actually ends up adding to the backlog in the acute care system and the crisis we're seeing there. So, I think, you know, certainly the funding model can't be overstated enough, and you mentioned it at that get-go, but some of those other factors that I mentioned to retain physicians, you know, support for administrative paperwork, uh, you know, as supports through multidisciplinary teams, uh, making sure that current physicians in the system are just better supported, uh, you know, assistance with debt relief, et cetera. These are all things uh, that can help to retain existing family doctors and make sure that they're able to focus their uh, limited time on care that matters and care that's going to make a difference in helping to prevent that backlog from getting bigger. If
0: you want to hear more,